Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi there, this is Jim White and thanks for listening to the Outspoken with White and Jordan podcast. Each day we bring you the best of the show. On today's episode, myself, Simon and Danny Murphy ask whether or not yellow cards are a fair way of deciding World Cup pool standings. Simon explains why he isn't bothered if Messi wins the World Cup. We speak to Poland's Matty Cash, who's gearing up for the last 16 tie against the French. And we ask, should the no alcohol policy seen in Qatar be adopted by English football? That's all on the way. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. It doesn't feel like it, but happy December the 1st. Mm-hmm. We are out here in the, the now customary hot weather in this part of the world. Simon, good morning. Morning. Uh, you play a bit of paddle tennis this morning. In Indeed, of I did injury. play through the pain. That's more to do with it. When you're, when you're a high-performing athlete like myself, yeah. playing at high levels of intensity, <laughs> you're going to put pressure on certain well, parts of your body. It can't be that bad then. Well, I just get past it. You know, I was playing with this morning, and, and Graham Sooners came down and goes, I can't play. My oh, glute hurts. I know. My glute hurts. You, have you indulged in this paddle tennis yet? Danny? I've invited him. He did invite me. I, I haven't been able to. I've had a thigh injury. Oh, <laughs> it's pathetic, isn't it? What's happened to you? At least my injury was at Wembley playing football. Oh, I mean, did it go back to that, was yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been trying to do bits in the gym, which is just but low-key, low-tempo. Now then, as Danny said earlier on, incredible drama in Group C as Poland go through uh, ahead of Mexico on goal difference and Argentina end up topping the group. As we said earlier, Matty Cash will join us um, about half past the hour, of course, from deep inside the Poland camp. Danny, that atmosphere, you mentioned it earlier, but I just want to emphasise the fact I cannot remember the support of any nation at a World Cup singing from start mm. to finish. They never stop the Argentinians, do they? Yeah, I've got a couple of friends who've been to the uh, River Plate Boca game and over in Argentina and always talk about that as being a wonderful experience. And that was, that was similar last night in terms of that constant you talk about. Um, but also, I think as well, when, you, when you're watching Argentina, there's always that excitement because of Messi. And I thought last night was his best game. It was the one where he was dictating tempo. He was, he was causing them all sorts of problems. And as soon as he gets the ball, the fans 
they, they become even more excited. But yeah, it's a wonderful experience watching Argentina. It's the one game, especially in my job, that you look at and you think, yeah, that's the one I'm excited about. Yeah, I mean, there was so much uh, to ponder. Going into added time, Mexico and Poland were level on points and goal difference, goal scored and head-to-head, having drawn their match nil-nil. I mean, honestly, you couldn't make it up. And at one stage, if, if uh, Saudi Arabia, they held the cards, didn't they? Uh, in the other game and then they score and Polish heads that were down at the end of their game were suddenly back up with the realisation that they were through well it's it's they do this thing where every time if it's level on goal difference they'll goals for head to head etc etc then they get to this disciplinary thing I think that in itself is ridiculous in many ways because although good discipline is something that should be encouraged, yeah. you know, I would be looking at rewarding a team maybe going through if everything was level for a more positive, something mm, like I agree. You know, shots on target or shots on goal or something like yeah. that. Because yeah. what, in three games, you're talking about somebody maybe diving and then re- so you get a yellow for a bad decision by a referee that can put your country out that's not something for me that I'd like to see. I'd like to see that change moving forward you're agreeing yeah no I agree I said on the way in that you'd want to see if, if you get into a scenario where you've got this situation which will be very rare I suspect very rare then you know you Once. look at it and say okay you know I know that fair play has gotten teams into Europe in domestic football but, but the that's same, over 38 games I think indeed, that's a bit different yeah, but in this sort of scenario I would prefer to see if we have to go to some sort of statistic it's based upon a play, whether it's a combination of shots on goal and corners that indicate offensive intent to be able to determine whether a team is in a situation where the two are absolutely level on everything, that the team that's been the most offensive or perceived offensive um, gets through. That's but the other, the other thing as, as well. Of course, the fewest yellow cards. But yeah. from, but from, yeah. a, from an aesthetic as a football fan, if you watch an underdog play so Saudi against Argentina, for example, if you watch an underdog play a team that's got better quality, what you want is them to be tenacious. You want, you want them yeah. to be competitive. competitive but that yeah. rule discourages that. So it, it doesn't work all round. I, I think it's... Uh, I mean, it, thankfully... It didn't come it into didn't play. It didn't come into play. Yeah, well, w- what we now know is that uh, Argentina march on, Poland march on with them. As I say, Matty Cash is on the way. Before we left uh, the UK, uh, Alexis McAllister, who plays domestically for Brighton, was, uh, of course, playing for Argentina last night, opened the scoring last night. What a moment for him. His first ever international goal uh, on a World Cup stage. I mean, you couldn't write it, could you? And before we left the UK, McAllister said to me why he wants to be in the winning side come the final. I think it's an amazing challenge for all of us um, to play a World Cup, to represent uh, Argentina, a big country, to play with Messi, the, the biggest um, player in the world. So um, for us it's a big challenge uh, and we will try to, of course, win it because uh, we know how, how much Messi deserves it. How much Messi deserves it. So Danny, uh, they all want to win it for Messi. Fate, does it exist in football? It appears it does. Well, I think if you believe fate exists generally, then it must exist in football. I'm not a big believer in fate. Um, I think talent, hard work, a bit of luck along the way maybe, but not fate. I'm not a believer in it. I, I think in an ideal world, the romantic aspect of Messi winning it, thousandth game, all that is, is amazing, but I don't believe in fate, no. I mean, I think storylines like that, though, Simon, inevitably drive others on, though. Yeah. Doesn't it? I mean, I, well, I saw a, that with the players last well, night. Well, they were narrative. And well, that's po- loyalty, not fate. And they were positive narrative. We've seen lots of narratives in this World Cup that haven't been so positive. So when you're talking about the football, you want these underpinning narratives that have some football parlance in there. So in this instance, I mean, I personally couldn't care less 
if it's Messi's last World Cup or not. I want the best team to win the World Cup, and that will be the end of the discussion. That's nice. He's not on your radar at all. No, no I, of course <laughs> he's, he's on my radar in terms of admiring Just him as a player, but I'm not in the one camp. One of the greatest players no, ever. No, but so so so. He's playing right so here. are you are you in the camp? Are you in the camp of wanting? Argentina to win this World Cup for Messi because if you are I don't believe it because I, I don't believe I there's any reason for us sitting here wanting this World Cup to be won for Messi I want England to win the World Cup and if and, and they don't I want the best team other than that but I that's don't because wanna... you're English sure, sure. Uh, I mean I, I, I beg to differ a little bit if England don't win it even if Argentina aren't the best team I'd rather them win it for Messi there you go yeah. Yeah. only because well, why? well because I don't like the argument over time where people talk about Messi can't be classed as the best in the world because he hasn't won the World Cup and all. I, I just to shut that up. Yeah. For a start, because he is the best I've ever seen. I mean, I can't talk about players I haven't seen in years, decades gone by. But there is that argument that comes out of Argentina sometimes. Well, you can't compare him to Maradona because Maradona won the World Cup in '86. Yeah. I don't believe that. So that will put that to bed. But also the fact that not just not just the fact that he's greatest player in the world, the way he conducts himself, the the the, the way he goes about. It, his whole career, he's been a humble guy. He's been a team player, the opposite of Ronaldo in many ways. So yeah, if, I, I th I'd rather see him. If, if, it, if they were playing Arge uh, Portugal in the final, and Portugal were better, yeah. I'd still want Argentina. If, to win. if Argentina were to win this World Cup, because the narrative is that they win it for, for Messi, and he will be, I think, the single most important influence on yeah. Argentina winning it, in the same way that Maradona carried the '86 team. But it would be more of a statement given that Messi's 35, 36 years of age than, and, than Maradona was in 86 when he was 25, 26 in his pomp. So you'd have to turn around and say if he carries this team because Argentina, albeit they were good yesterday and they were exciting to watch and it's really nice given that we've watched England on oh, a yeah, couple of occasions yeah. to watch a really exciting full football game. I know, game. on Messi, you're right. Yeah, and now yeah. if he carries them forward you'd have to give nothing but deep-seated yeah. admiration and say well done. But I don't sit here from the default setting of saying I really hope if my team don't win, <laughs> sentimental, sentimentally, I want it to be for Messi. Well, that's You're still you, mixed about what That's because you, you don't understand what the word sentiment means. No. I do. I do. I have <laughs> no, lots of sentiment. Danny, in the bar of our hotel the other night, and I think we spoke about this, you get the fright of his life when I a group of Argentinians when you suddenly, a drink. Broke in, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly broke into song. And it was very, very funny. Irritating. Download. Stand well back. Listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station. Talk sport. We're well into the World Cup now, and what an eventful night we saw last night. And at one stage, when it looked like they'd go out uh, after losing to Argentina, a match uh, co commentated upon by Danny Murphy, Poland march on. Their heads were down on the field of play at the end, but then mathematically it came through that no, Poland have done enough and they will go through. So what does it mean? Poland will meet France in the round of 16 match at the Althumana Stadium on Sunday night. For the Poles, it is their first World Cup knockout game since way back in 1986, but it was a nail-biting finish. I'm sure this fellow thought it was because uh, he was uh, part of the Polish team that has gone through. Uh, Aston Villa fullback Matty Cash, of course, is out here. Matty, how are you? How's it going, guys? All good. How are yourselves? All good. Thank you, mate. Well, very good, Matty. Well done. Simon's with me. So too is Danny. Uh, tell us, what, what was the mood last night? What did you guys get up to when you went back to your headquarters? To be fair, playing at 10 o'clock was uh, pretty different to what I'm used to. Um, so we didn't get back to the hotel till roughly about 2 o'clock last night. Um, but as, yeah, as you can imagine, it was a, a fantastic, fantastic. Fantastic evening, really, yeah. And uh, we had some dinner and then everyone sort of got their heads down. So it went pretty quickly, to be honest. But, yeah, it was a crazy game. Um, but as I said, it was a, an amazing night for, for the whole country, yeah. 
So, so Matty, has it only really just sunk in this morning? I mean, what happens at breakfast, you sitting about with, I'm just trying to picture the scene, Lewandowski and the rest, like, <laughs> we're through. We're through. Yeah, yeah, sat there this morning, had pancakes for Lewandowski, so, um, nah, it's, it's obviously surreal, yeah, it's a, an amazing moment um, for everyone to make history, really, because it's been obviously 30, 30 odd years since the, the last quali qualification in the World Cup for the country, so... No, nah, it's an amazing as you, amazing day for, for everyone. Yesterday was. And um, really looking forward to facing Mbappe. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> right. Yeah, Matt, Matt well done. I, I was a little bit disappointed, if honest. I was a little bit critical last night because I thought the hmm. performance at times, I know they're a good side, I get all that, but it was a little bit hmm. passive. Do you feel like in the next game, because obviously the French have got quality players, you need to be a little bit more on the front foot because you yeah, as a yeah, back four yeah. player, of course, was... You were called yeah. upon so often last night to make last-ditch tackles, etc., etc. I just thought Lewandowski got a little bit isolated. And against the French, yeah. you know, you're going to have similar problems. Could you be a little bit more on the front foot? And is that something you've spoken about? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, first of all, the main objective for everyone was to get qual the qualification, which we've done. Um, yeah. But as you, obviously, you saying there, the game wasn't obviously, a, I don't think it would, but it would, would have been a great watch for everyone. Um but yeah, I think against France, we've got to be we got to be better. To be honest, with the players that we've got, we've got some unbelievable players, and mm. seen it in training, seen it in games against Saudi. I thought we were really good. Um, so yeah, we just got to try and get the ball up to him a bit more. I think um, obviously you're playing against a, a top side who dominate the ball anyway. Um, but I feel like the players we've got, we can we can we can hurt teams. We can create more chances than what we did last night. And I think we know that, but at the end of the day, we're through to the last 16 of a, a major tournament, which is obviously a massive, massive achievement because it's been so long. So, um, yeah, obviously we'll enjoy last night, but we need to look back and look back on the game at what we can do better because, yeah, they, they had obviously majority of the ball. Do you, do you think part of that is, was it a mental thing or a physical thing? You know, because sometimes you look at a game and you think it's easy sitting in the stand, you know, when I know a million times I've played and... You look back yeah. on the game and you think we could have done a bit more. It, was it was it a mindset thing or was it, it literally just a physical thing because of their speed of play? Um, I'm not too sure, to be honest. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think, as I said then, I think Argentina do dominate a lot of games, don't they? Um, when you've got the likes of Messi running at you, yeah. it can be a bit... It can be, yeah, it can be a bit different. Um, what was that like, said, Matt, actually? You and I spoke yeah, before you went. What, what was it like? Because you were trying to tell me what you envisaged it to be like, being up close yeah. and personal to Messi. So how was it? I'll tell you, the, the best thing about it was, right, um, at the end of the game, Emmy Martinez comes up to me and he says, Cashy, I've got you a present. And I was like, oh, what could this be? He said, follow me in the tunnel. So I've gone in the tunnel with him. And he's uh, gone in the changing room. He said, wait there. And he's walked out of a messy shirt for me. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, so, come uh, on. Yeah, it was amazing. It don't get any better than that. But now, nah, seeing seeing him in real life up close, <laughs> I think he walked past me at half time and I was looking at him like, that's messy. <laughs> nah, Matty, it's amazing, isn't it? Oh, what a great <laughs> yeah. story, Matty. Matty, well done. Matty, what, I mean, a lot's been made out of Argentina being a very much a messy centric team. And we've seen them be very nervous in the game against the Mexicans and, and quite poor against the Saudis. What did you mm. make of the Argentinians en masse? Because you just played them. It was a very difficult yeah. game for you. They looked very electric in their, in their, in their forward play. You know, I know you've yeah. been in the game and you won't be necessarily able to analyse it as much as we have been yeah. by being able to watch it. But yeah. what did you take away from the Argentinian team? Yeah, I always, obviously always uh, sort of analyse games after. Um, so it's sort of hard to sort of say. But nah, to be honest, I think they're, they're, they're obviously an amazing side. They're sharp. They've got so many good players. 
and as I said, they did have a lot of the ball. So, um, yeah, they're, they're obviously sharp and stuff. But I think the way they move the ball, especially on that pitch, I've, I've found that the pitches out here are quite quite quick. Um, so that might mm. help them a little bit more. But um, nah, they're, they're a fantastic team, and they're, they're gonna, I think they're going to be right up there. They're going to be hard. I think every team that comes against them is going to is going to find it difficult because of the likes of the players they got and the way they move the ball. Yeah. So listen, you've got you've got uh, Messi's signed shirt, no doubt, this morning. How good is that? Yeah. I'm just wondering how he. I wonder how he's feeling. Trying to calm himself down with Matty Cash's shirt. I'm sure. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he's thrilled, mate. <laughs> listen, you, 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 so now now it's you've come up against Messi. Probably still in the pile in the middle of the changing room. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you did well, mate. So, so what do you think then? I mean. <laughs> After Messi, it's Mbappe. I mean, are you pinching yeah. yourself? How are you going to deal with them? Yeah, like, but at the end of the day, I want to. I want to be coming up against these sort of players. Um, at the end of the day, as a professional footballer, you're playing in the major tournaments. You want to play. You want to play against the big teams and against the big players because, at the end of the day, if you do well, that's where you get recognised. You know. So um, now nah, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. I think I had about four hours sleep last night. Um, already thinking about Mbappe. So now, nah, as I said, it's it's, ama- it's amazing to be to be playing at a major tournament and coming up against the likes of the best players in the world for me personally is what you dream as a, what you dream of as a kid isn't it so um, nah it's amazing yeah the world's most dangerous download outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station talk sport Danny it's a bit of a hobby horse of ours but we, we, we talk about it a lot back home refereeing standards what are we seeing out here I've been watching them on the telly out here Mike Dean former referee explaining this having to explain that a bit hot under the collar now and again for some uh, pretty tough questioning not least for Messrs. Key and Gray in this part of the world. So after being lauded in 2018 for setting the standards, and you were there at the Russia World Cup, has this World Cup so far been a bad advert for refereeing and VAR? I'll give you a prime example. We've had three very contentious penalty awards Mm. during the tournament so far. Two for Portugal, and last night the one for Argentina. Uh, That was the latest one, and that one really took the biscuit. Pulling goalkeeper Chesney, Wojciech Chesney, once of Arsenal, diving for the ball, collides with Messi, the VAR asked the ref to go to the screen, what does he do? Penalty kick. There was uproar. Now, it was ultimately saved but there's nobody in this part of the world, nobody back home at all and certainly nobody in social media who has said, yeah, that was the right decision. What's happening? Well, I think inevitably you're going to get a couple of bad decisions. It always happens and um, I mean, the, the one last night you say was remarkable in some respects and the Ronaldo one he dived. I mean, let's be honest, although there was a maybe tiny bit of contact. But overall, um, I don't think I can jump on the bandwagon of saying it's been that bad. The majority of games, I haven't been talking about referees and VARs. The games have flowed reasonably well. I mean, you have to blow when it's a free kick. It's as simple as that. But overall, no, I think it's. I think we, I think they've done all right. Danny, you're saying they've done all right. Yeah. I mean, the French last night and the, this morning, this is the news coming out of Doha, they're now filing a complaint to FIFA after Griezmann's late equaliser last night was disallowed after a video review now it came after the final whistle didn't matter the through well, anyway. I've seen that and I don't understand why they would do that because he's in an offside position steps back a few seconds later put the ball in the goal now talk about second phase there's a there's a difficulty in interpretation of second but, phase based but Danny, on it was deflected in by Tunisian defender into the path of Griezmann who was onside at that point well what I saw I mean I'd have to see it again if to be precise because I was working and it was in on the side but what I saw it looked offside but it didn't matter they finished top did 
What we can no longer claim, though, decisions like this, it's just a Premier League problem because it's not. We're seeing it in the world's biggest stage. Big talking points. Well, I I think you're always going to... I mean, I think 2018 was probably quite exceptional in the way that VAR didn't have really any huge impact and we didn't find ourselves talking about it that much. Mm. Um it, it ran much more smoothly than any, I anticipate or anyone else. There were, mo- there, were, there were moments in that tournament. That a couple, actually, a couple. But I think people's tolerance of VAR, people had more of an open mind. That's probably true. And now what you've That's got is more scrutiny here. on it. Over here. No, up in, in 2018, 2018, I think, 2018. I think right. people were, were not, I didn't have this preconceived perception that is now loaded into the minds of certain quarters. A bit more forgiving, maybe. Yeah, and, and, and it's strange, isn't it? Because Danny has been very vociferous about his dislike of VAR, that when we're having this conversation, I would have thought Danny would have gone straight piling in and gone, there, this proves my point, this is not what What you do when it's in the Premier League? Well, I mean, we do we do all in Premier League, day in, day out, week in, week out. I, my experience of this tournament, and we've all got different ones, because I've been going to certain games, you might have been, been to others where this drama's happened. My experience of the games I've been to, as, as the games have been pretty well officiated. So you've got to give credit where credit's due. I agree. I, I think piece, yes, but we've just uh, we've given you four big examples. Yeah, and the penalty one. one's strange. It's all I, over the media here today. Yeah, I, 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 I think inevitably now, and Simon makes a great point, I hadn't really thought of in terms of the build-up of frustration with VAR, creating this over-analysis and more frustration here at this tournament compared to 2018. But I think it's impossible to have VAR and things go smoothly. Because what we're talking about... I'll give you the Ronaldo dive, for example. There were some people who decided or thought it was a pen. I didn't. I thought it was a blatant cheating dive. Right? It should never have been given. But while you've got people who watch a lot of football who say want your officials who do VAR are going to do the same. So how do we make it perfect? I don't think there's a way. I think, I think Danny's so got we a either, point. So we either have to suffer these... Yeah, exactly. We, we either suffer them and put up with it and stop barking on. Because, I look, I called... I was doing it live last night, and I called it straight away. I called it straight. That, that's a nonsensical penalty. With the exception of lines being drawn for offside, you are still in the territory of humans interacting yeah. and making a subjective yeah. view. Now, the, the, the technology gives them an opportunity to have it in isolation without all of the background noise and the, and, and the uh, events going around on the pitch for the referee. So, but you're still sat there with somebody looking at it and somebody saying, right, this is my view. So you are still going to have to factor in this element of human error. I think VAR, on the whole, I mean, people are looking for this holy grail of 100%. Yeah, it's impossible. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a ridiculous underlying narrative. Now, I don't know. We talk about the Premier League. Yeah. I don't know. None of us really follow it, and maybe we do. But I don't know how VAR is reacted to in the Bundesliga or in Serie A or La Liga. Does it have the same sort of journey and same sort of scrutiny? Because we're saying in this... I don't uh, think it set, does. I mean, you're uh, forever bashing it back home, Danny. But some oh, let, strangely let, not let, here. Let, let, me, let me be categoric on my view you bash it for spontaneity kill yeah, yeah. but if you if i i don't believe that we can ever get a, a real we're always going to be having discussions about what you said subjective decisions i i would tomorrow if there was a vote if i was a player and given a vote vote to get rid 100 percent. but that's not going to happen it's not going to happen so therefore i have to try and understand and accept yeah why the mistakes happened yeah and can we make the people at var better than what they are do you believe in this this narrative now because whatever you haven't got right is the reasons why something happens if you haven't got foden on the pitch then that's the reason yeah. why england haven't done something if you haven't got sack if you haven't got whoever it is now what it is now is we haven't got former footballers in stockley park or in this particular var scenario are you in the camp 
of suggesting that if you that it would be massively advantageous to have people in there that have actually played the game, ideally at a higher level, that can sit there helping these officials make these decisions. Do you know what? I sat on a show with you two, I think, and I and I I did say yes for this. Yeah, but I'm actually no. You, well, and why? Because the but more they wouldn't do it in the first place. The, well. The, it, Let's just say they would. Let's just say we, well, they, they the, would. The why, origi- why would you be no? Well, the original view of why I thought it would be beneficial is because my ego suggests that if it was me doing it, we'd be better. Right. Sitting around so many footballers... What drew to that conclusion? Just my ego. Okay. So, I just think we'd end up in the same position as you've got with and the people right, in VAR. And a, and so, a, and a yeah. narrative saying, this yeah. fella didn't play at this level, so he can't see it. Yeah. Way, yeah, so, yeah. Exa- so so what, what I would suggest, and probably more proactive, is to work mo- damn hard on getting really good people in the v- and, and specifically working mm. on VAR rather than referees. And damn hard on making sure that the rules are fit for purpose so the law isn't an ass. Making sure that everything is thought through so that you... Everything in life is very easy to put forward a business plan or, or a structure for a set of rules, but you've got to think how something breaks. Yeah. When you had the handball rule a couple of years ago and we're going, well, why would anybody think that? Mm. Prima face it, it looked great, but when you started to say, well, when that happens, that doesn't make yeah. sense. It's, they've got to be thought through properly yeah. at IFAB level and clubs have got to come out at the beginning of the season and make objections to rules in a domestic situation. Yeah, but Danny, out here, for some reason, you're saying we've got to keep... Now we've got to concentrate on not bashing the system. Are you going to take your own advice when you go back um, home? I I say not bashing the system. I I think you've got to call it for what it is. Last night, it would be remiss of us not to say that is ridiculous and whoever's made that decision needs to kick up the backside and and, and, and kind of chat in his ear because it's it's a ridiculous decision. decision. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mr. Danny Murphy, at this stage, when you look at the World Cup and where we've got to, many aspects of it we like, many aspects of it I think 
we might even stray into the territory of maybe we should adopt that as well. For example, many people are saying to me out here, and this isn't just because I do no longer drink alcohol, but is it not true that we could learn from a no-drink atmosphere like the one we're witnessing here at stadiums, whereby families and kids walk in, walk out, and there is nothing in terms of abusive chance, in terms of uh, misbehavior that's maybe been brought on by certain individuals overindulging. Simon and I were talking about this last night. He'll give you your view in a sec- his view in a second, but what's yours? I would say adopt it. Take it on. Absolutely. I've noticed a hell of a difference. I've been doing a few games back home now with uh, the Monday night co-coms for TalkSport on, on Match Day Live. And uh, I have to say, some of the experiences after the, before and after the game, it, it's, it's a joke seeing how some adults behave when they're, when they're hammered at a football match. Back front, home. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I've experienced nothing but pleasantries and euphoric atmospheres that, that yeah, I mean, look, back home, you're always going to get the problem, of course, that you can go and have a bevy somewhere before the game. Mm. Close to the stadium. Pardon? Yeah, close to the stadium. Yeah, and and you can't stop everything, can you? But the atmosphere in the stadiums here, although although the stadiums haven't been full a lot, which is a bit of a concern, I know that's ticket price and other issues, but just on the subject you talk about, 100%. Danny, that's interesting. No booze so far, Simon, has equaled no problems regarding uh, fan trouble. Yeah. Would English football culture accept that? No alcohol at stadiums. Um, there's a part of me that says let's not do that because we are in a situation where th- there, there is a small segment of our fans in the UK that do things that we don't approve of. Um, but when we look at the, 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 the nature of our football, we look at the levels of attendances, we look at the engagement, we look at the atmosphere inside stadiums, and I think there's something to be very much valued by that. The side of our football culture, which veers into horrible scenes that we've seen, mm. this is a World Cup. It has a very different feel to it than domestic football. There is a very different dynamic behind it. And I'm not overly inclined to suggest... First of all, I've never been in the camp that we should be advocating for more alcohol inside stadiums. I've never felt that there's a necessity for English football fans that have whined and complained. Why is it every other sport in England can have uh, beer in sight of the pitch? Why can't we? Well, we've seen why. Right? So I've never been in that camp. But I'm also not in the camp to suggest that a culture um, that on the whole, 98%, 99% of the time, has such unique investment in our sport, subsequently now needs to be given lessons about a tournament being played in a very different way. It's not giving mm. a lesson. Uh, do you know well, what we say? Setting well, an example. But, but we started the framework by saying what lessons can we learn. Mm. So that's why I'm using the word the lesson. The problem you've got, Simon, is the one thing in our game, of course, the amount of money now in corporate and hosp- hospitality where people, you know, go and have the meal and have a drink and mm. all that. They're, they're not, it's not going to happen. But... I, but I sh- why can't it happen? There, well, there's because, huge because hospitality you, they, they, out they, here and all these boxes around I the I would stadiums. imagine, and Simon will tell me more, that the football clubs will be looking at that income as huge, for especially the big clubs, and actually you'll lose some of the deals. But what, but what we're talking about, we're not talking about drinking inside stadiums, we're talking about the culture of our country. If you stop serving alcohol inside football stadiums, you will just shift people into the local pubs. So you'll be dealing with the same situation, which is people coming into games, you know... <laughs> Uh, still, it, it would still stop the time would, where it, you can would, continually it would, drink. It, it would stop an element of it, yes. But yeah. I mean, if we move into the scenario where we're looking at our game and we're sort of, we're sort of vilifying it by saying 
everything over here now is something we can take a lesson from. This is a Muslim country uh, that has a very different set of values, a World Cup with a multicultural perspective, and most people are coming here with goodwill. You, if we were walking through a shopping centre and a bunch of Liverpool fans or Man United fans were walking through a, a shopping centre in Liverpool screaming their heads off, everyone would be saying, hang on a second, you guys, you're provoking aggravation here. We walk through a shopping centre, Argentinians, besides ones that irritated me in the bar, yeah. Mexicans walking through, singing, everyone's going, this is wonderful, because it's a different feel to a festival of sport that comes around there once every four think, years. I don't think it's fair to say that we're only talking about now. We did this on the show a while back. Yeah, we had yeah. someone come on, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, and yeah. I, and I, I know we talked about different aspects of it. But I, you I, I just think... Bruce equals no problems. Well, less, less, less problems. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with all the latest from Qatar and we'll chat with heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.